0: Most companies uh, I speak to, and most companies I come across, cannot clearly tell me what they do. Never mind why I should buy from them. So um, I'm Danny. I run Danny and Co. We're a design and branding studio. Really, we're brand consultancy built, bolted onto design because uh, uh, I'm a designer uh, by trade. So. Um, and we have a set amount of consultancy and training and uh, and products and design services that help people discover their unique competitive advantage. And um, me personally, I, I, I always wanted to be a designer as a kid. It was a big dream of mine at school. I uh, If you imagine like a kid's bedroom and what that looks like, usually if you get these thoughts of like TV, car figures, superheroes, uh mine was a bit like that but in the corner there was a big stack of sketchbooks um you could literally fill a Range Rover with them um and that was kind of my life it's it's what I wanted to do I was really into Japanese animated films um and when I say that most people get this vision of like Pokemon and stuff like that and, uh, but there's a whole set of sub underneath the Japanese animated uh films so Uh, So there was a a big studio in in Japan called Studio Ghibli that I follow um, like a like a fanboy. So I was very interested in that. (laughs) And that was kind of the dream. When I left school, I wanted to go. I wanted to move to Japan and either work for Nintendo or Studio Ghibli and uh, and wanted to draw and animate and create characters. I was very into fantasy and uh, my computer game list from being a kid. Amongst many other things were uh, games like Final Fantasy and Zelda and the role playing stuff. Yeah. So I was very interested in all of that, and and I put a lot of the creativity that I use now down to the the kind of fantasy elements that I had as a kid. Yeah. But because create the creative industry that there's not much support or encouragement, or there wasn't back then. Now we kind of we have things like Pop Idol and X Factor and these talent shows where you can go and show your talent and get the opportunity yeah. to have the encouragement but back then we didn't have that so um so I just kind of went in whatever direction I was pushed in which was to go and get a job and um not to bore you with such a long story but uh the short version is I ended up in financial services for 12 years um as a medical insurance account manager then advisor then I was asked to go and start a department for a broker which brought me down to the Cotswolds where I am now um and, uh, and then eventually me and an old colleague set up our own broker, which was great. You know, it was like, <laughs> it, it was, uh, I think back now to these, you know, these films like, uh, you know, the coffees for closers film. Yeah. I forgot what it's called now. A like Glengarry Gary, Glen Ross and like Wolf of Wall Street. We used to watch yeah. that and think, oh my God, we were, we were so <laughs> close to that. We, it was like sales calls every day, trying to sell insurance and mortgages and, Uh, barbecues and beers in the afternoon, going to the gym. And it was like it was a bit of a um, it was the first time we really took a big step in business and and tried to do things in big ways. So, yeah, we had all these fancy ideas and um, Mm -hmm. things that we wanted to do. But anyway, time went on and we grew from medical insurance to protection to mortgages and both got qualified. And then uh, I ran a mortgage and mortgage insurance broker for a couple of years after that on my own. Um, and one of the biggest things that I found in the mortgage industry was that it was so old fashioned and I was really into technology and design and branding and, and I was watching all these new banks come about like Monzo uh, that were called Mondo at the time and Atom and, um, speaking to these really interesting people. Um, and I was like, why, why am I traveling for three hours to see a client? uh spending an hour with them for them only to put through an application and it fail and we have to start again and at this point i'm still not being paid why am i doing this when we could just do this online so um uh to fast forward a little bit i ended up creating a, pro- a proof of concept called Morgie, uh which was an online mor- broker mortgage application um and i sold the intellectual property to a company in london and took on a big project to build essentially build it for them yeah. Um, uh, at this point, you're probably thinking, so where does design come into this? <laughs> <laughs> where does branding come into this? But um, that project was the big turning point in my career. Um, it was the point where uh, I realized that I'd been chasing money for so long, I forgot what I really wanted to do. And in the process was meeting people that were living a dream, like – yeah these creative people that were in like UI design and marketing and these really creative people. And I I started to think like, how do you, how do you get there? How did you get to that point? Um, And truth is the whole purpose of me um, working with this company in London was that they were going to bid for a government contract worth like three and a half billion quid, which they ended up winning. Um, I wasn't on commission by the way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Unfortunately, i should have been um but from that uh i really started to um have a bit of burnout a bit of breakdown didn't like uh turning up to london every day for 18 hours a day um for three four days a week yeah. uh and it really took its toll on me so uh i decided that was it i was done and i didn't know what i was going to do i still didn't know i was going to do anything in design Um, and I went home and wallowed in self-pity for a few months and tried to figure it out, really, tried to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I've been with my wife that whole time, the whole 12 years, Um, uh, so she knows. When I first met her, I went through the Prince's Trust to set up a design and print company, so she knows that I wanted to do something like that. I even owned a tattoo shop for two years in Birmingham, so I I always kind of tried to keep my hand in the creative stuff, but it, there was never that uh going back to like the encouragement support thing there was never that like yeah go for it or yeah. um like there's a business there for you um so i just didn't do it and then one day when i was at my lowest really my wife just said why don't why don't you just get paid for design and it was almost like i had forgotten about it and it triggered something <laughs> in my head yeah um so yeah, I picked up the tools and got to work, and um, yeah, that's that was kind of the start of where I am now, and that was only a few years ago.
1: So it's been quite a journey, then, through through everything. Um, obviously, so you've had to make like a lot of a lot of decisions, and you obviously, you've set quite a lot up. So when it comes to your decision making, what sort of like what what do you think of when it comes to? Because I know you said a minute ago about originally you were chasing money so I'm guessing was that the case before and that's now not um so yeah when it comes to decision making what sort of things go through your head As obviously as a person
0: well it used to be how do I get more money (laughs) like that was it was so like one track it was so focused on that how do I get more money but there was never anything underlying there was never like an end goal or a purpose for it it was like Obviously, more money means more stuff, better life like we think it equals all the all this stuff these things but um but you're really just you're you're almost fighting the symptoms instead of curing yeah. the curing the illness. Um, like so it was like i would uh, I would um fight for money. And fight for more money, and then more money, and every time you get to that next stage, you you think, "What am I doing this for again?" And you have to remind yeah. yourself all the time. Whereas now it's very different, um, primarily down to the fact that now I know I'm doing what I want to do, um, and I do have that. I say, I, I basically say to people that as long as I can do this forever, I'm all right. Like I'm fine. Yeah. Um, So anything that enables me to do this lot for longer um, or forever, I should say, then then that's what drives me really. But um, through the last couple of years working with clients and uh, building my portfolio and making sure that I can um, work with people I really want to work with, uh, I've realized that there is a bigger purpose to this. And it got me thinking about branding and what that can do. And we can get into a whole rabbit hole. But basically it comes back to what how can we advance humanity how can we how can i as a person leave a stamp and leave a legacy and um what are people going to say about me when i'm gone so it shifts from money to to purpose and actually that is probably the strongest emotion that i have and the strongest purpose yeah. that i have um because then when money isn't there or the clients don't come or something bad happens, it makes no difference really in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I focus on that. Now I focus on the happiness, the fulfillment uh, and doing something that I really want to do every day. Um, nice. Cause I realise the money doesn't make a difference when <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> so let me give you let me set the scene. I'm in London. I've been offered 110 grand, plus bonuses and all the rest of it, to work for a company that's just won the biggest cons- contract in history for the industry I work in. You try going home and telling your wife that you're not taking that, and yeah. our life is not going to change anymore, and it's just because you don't like the people. Like, <laughs> like that's a hard, that's a <laughs> really hard discussion to have. Um, Definitely through that journey so
1: yeah (laughs) yeah i think once you once you remove money from stuff it changes everything because i know a lot of people when i'm like what are your goals in life they're like well i want to be comfortable with money i want to be happy with money and my first question is what what does that look like because surely once you're comfortable with money you end up spending more money and then you're not comfortable so it's going to keep doing this and that comfort level is going to keep getting higher and higher and higher because you could be a millionaire and you're going to go and wasting it all on cars and then you're not going to be comfortable. So that money always carries it. And that's why my goals were similar to a point before where as long as I had money, I was happy, but it was a case of actually, I want more money now. I want to go and buy that. I want to go on that holiday. I want to do this. But as soon as similar to you, as soon as you changed, as soon as I changed it to my happiness, my family's happiness, and like having a purpose, everything suddenly changed and then suddenly you're not chasing money. Um, but also going back to the fact of you turning down that bit, obviously the biggest contract because of it didn't seem right to you. That's a big thing for me as well. that I want to get across to people is that not every not everything is as perfect as it seems. And especially in business, not every client is an ideal client. Um, mm-hmm. I've said this a couple of times before where like you could have a client and they can offer you a little bit more money than normal say, but if it's going to be a drainer, if it's gonna be negative, you might even spend more hours on it than you should be they're gonna be a bit of a pain it's not gonna be it's not gonna be that fulfilling thing but obviously if you chase the money you're just gonna see that bank sign and go yeah let's take it whereas if you're not thinking about yourself your team and everything else then yeah it changes a lot mm. um so yeah it's so obviously i know we spoke a little bit before so as a team have you now got a team or are you looking to carry on growing a team
0: uh, so at the moment it's um very operational so I, I run the business and then there's uh, I outsource a few bits so accounts hr, the operational parts of the business the creative team um, i've I've outsourced creative before um, I've always had this romantic idea that I would build a dream team in-house a very small I don't think I would ever really ex- extend above 10 to 15 people maximum i think i don't think you really need that if if you're building a business around purpose there's no i can't i can't ever imagine having like a thousand employees that just seems insane (laughs) to me it it almost feels like a waste like the production level or the productivity level of a business um from my experience and from when i speak to clients like goes like this when you have like between five and 10 employees and then slowly just trickles down as you get bigger and bigger like the profit gets less the hassle gets more it's, you end up being a firefighter and I don't really want that out of the business it's not a fulfilling thing for me so um, I just want to do the best work we can with the best clients we we can and um, the best the clients that we want to deal with and I don't think I need more than eight people to be honest to be able to do that but um, I realized that I also want to have some balance for my team um, in their personal lives. So to give them that, I'll alleviate some of the pressure with a, a few additional staff members. So um, so yeah, uh, we're recruiting probably um, eight people before the end of the year, um, which are mostly creative roles, creative and production roles, um, as well as project management and business development. So yeah, there's a lot going on at the minute, but it's exciting.
1: So if we have another chat in like six months time, things could look very different and very different. you could have that buzzing team. But yeah, I agree with like a, a smaller team. I've only got a small team now and I've managed smaller teams before. And for me, I like to have, I like to know what's going on with people. And I know, I like to know them as well. And mm-hmm. I'm the same as you, if I had a hundred employees, I would not be able to remember everybody. I go back to school and the fact is like, I don't know everybody in my, I couldn't remember everybody in my year. Um, whereas being an employee I want to know each person and it's the whole actually do you know what if you're not feeling 100% today take that day off whereas if you've got a massive company that's where like these bubbles start to happen and people start to be unhappy but you don't know about it because you're you're having to deal with the other 999 members of staff yeah yeah exactly it's
0: about that that personal connection and you know there's Uh, i hate the phrase it's like you know when people say it's just business i hate that phrase more than anything like nothing is just business everything is personal like we're because because we're emotionally bought into the business uh, until you get to a certain stage obviously but you're you're emotionally bought into the business till you get till you get too big to give a crap anymore Yeah. so everything is personal up until then. So I will always run an, a, a a business around family and, and you know, values, personal values and, and people because I wanted it for myself. Essentially, the only reason I'm hiring people is because I want to give to other people what I didn't really get. I never had yeah. that encouragement. And if that means that – I hire a project manager that wants to be an artist and while she's been a pro- he or she has been a project manager um, for us she works on her art and ends up selling some pieces and makes that a career then amazing like that's what yeah. an amazing thing to do so yeah if I can build that infrastructure for people to have what I, I never had I'd be really happy that's a really fulfilling thing for me and and that's why I do a lot of work with universities and colleges and uh, education especially with creative students because uh we just don't get it there's uh there's been a few times where you know you get added to lists um you know like these uh uh, so I, i was added to like a 42 under 42 business insider list and i was like designers just don't get this kind of recognition (laughs) it doesn't happen um you know so it's amazing it's an amazing thing to do and just so i can show that to other people and say it can be done is really important for me
1: i like that a lot um so obviously with you going through these different paths um obviously a big focus of the audience who are listening like obviously watching is is obviously a younger audience and it's about getting through and decision making and just sort of genuinely motivating people. So a big thing that we've had on the other ones that I've obviously done is that is over. It's showing that everybody makes mistakes, and obviously a big thing that I believe in is that everybody makes mistakes. And if you're not making mistakes, you're probably not learning as much. Whereas little mistakes are absolutely fine because you learn from them. You become better mm-hmm. as a person. The business becomes better, whatever which it is. So in your in your journey, whether that's right back, obviously the twelve years ago, or recently in your newest business. Is there been a mistake that stood out for you that you really learned from and actually potentially even changed the path of what you ended up doing?
0: Yes. And it's (laughs) what I've already spoken about, really. It's chasing money without purpose. There's there's absolute – I am 100% confident that if you are chasing money, you will never be fulfilled in your work and you will never do something that you love. And the reason for that is that the you, you can't just chase money. There's uh, there, there's going to be a point where, like, you, you have to decide what's enough. There's yeah. so many there's so many people out there that because it's very public now how successful people are, and you have personal brands and influences, and just the way that the market has has developed over the last decade it's really, really easy for us to see that as, oh, it's, you know, I, I just want to earn a million pound or I just want to get a million dollars. Like what, why? No, who needs <laughs> yeah. a million quid? Like <laughs> and then, then what happens? Like what happens at that point? Yeah. Because if you want a million, if you, it's pretty, like it's pretty in the grand scheme of things. Uh, like some people will take this the wrong way but in the grand scheme of things money is so easy like it's, it's so easy to go and get money <laughs> like if you want <laughs> the money you go get it you sell stuff you uh, offer yes. a service you do something all you have to do is go and ask someone like a really simple example of that is like go and knock on your next door neighbor's door and say will you pay me 25 pound if i make your car look like it did when you first bought it showroom yeah. quality I'm pretty sure they're going to go decent, yeah. Crack on, let's <laughs> to quid. like money is so easy when you when your head's in the right place. Yeah. Um. So, like, if you get a million quid, then what?
1: Yeah.
0: That is such an arbitrary like number that people pull out of the air. There's no purpose <laughs> behind it. So, the point I'm trying to get at is, if you if you can figure out the reason for you doing what you do beyond making money. You've won the entire game. You're done because all you're going to do for the rest of your life is that and the money doesn't matter. Like if the economy crashed tomorrow, I'd still design stuff. Like I'd I'd still create and I would still go to people and say, can I create this for you? Nothing would change apart from the fact that I wasn't earning as much money from it. Um, I was saying as soon as lockdown hit and everyone was kind of questioning what's going on, my immediate thing, was that everyone was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And it's, it was, it's a terrible time, granted. But my wife was like, what if you don't get any business? I was like, it's fine. I'll, I'll drive for Amazon. They're, they're going to be looking for drivers forever. <laughs> like yeah, I'll drive and 100%. deliver for a again. And I will do design on the side until market picks back up again. Everyone's so yeah. romantic about running a business. Like, go and earn money. Like, get the money out of the way and then do what you love doing but if you don't know yeah. what that is and you don't have a purpose for it the money's just pointless it's it's there it's a nothingness
1: <laughs> yeah, i do agree with that and i know obviously during lockdown a lot of people have been have been worried and it's been a difficult time but at the same time for me i um i did something i i personally didn't think it was controversial but i used i used the word lazy basically so i said that if you are somebody who's been wanting time to do something whether it is a hobby and turn into something you've had the opportunity over the last six months but with that i made it clear that i'm talking to my age people the under 25s of the world who have been furloughed for three months and i tried to make it clear that don't get wrong there's there's 60 odd million people in this country so it doesn't relate to everybody um and obviously i had people commenting on it saying yeah but i'm a mum and i did this and i was like yeah but you've You've done something for the last six months because you've you've been a parent. You've done the hardest job in the world, and it ended up becoming this whole big thing because a lot of people who were being being like affected by that post were the people who've actually sat back now and realizing, actually, actually, you know what? I have had spare time over the last six months to do something a little bit extra." Um, but it's because I use the word "lazy," which, as a as a marketing person, you need something that sparks a bit of an emotion that's why i did it <laughs> um i've just bought a, I've just bought a book <laughs>
0: i've just bought this book hook point and that's exactly what it is <laughs> yeah you were not all you gotta do you just gotta do or say something to get people's attention before you kind of tell them what it is yeah. <laughs>
1: that's why i always i always say that what you want to do is if if everybody agrees with you your opinion maybe your what you're saying is maybe a little bit boring or it's what everyone agrees with if -hmm. you've got some people agreeing with you and some people disagreeing with you that's where it really tests you because people are actually you've got an opinion on whether it's social media marketing branding whatever if somebody's going you know what i don't agree with that and you're going actually do you know what yeah i'm really worried now because people don't disagree with me You've clearly It probably goes back to what you said right at the start about the fact that people don't know what they're selling and people don't know their brand. And I get it a lot where people are like, oh yeah, but if I say that, people are going to disagree with me. My first thing is, okay, and if people disagree with you, surely you know what you're doing and you can back up your point enough to say, actually, do you know what? Yeah, you do disagree with me, but here's why I, I do think I'm right and this is why it's working and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, yeah, because obviously i know you said right at the start that a lot of people don't know what they what they they don't even know what they're selling so obviously do you want to explain a little bit more more about that and obviously why you said that
0: yeah so the so basically uh, the statement is most people don't know what they do never or can't clearly explain to me what they do never mind why people should buy from them hmm. um and uh the reason that i say that is because whenever i uh, talk to a company or business owner uh about what they do you, you know people that are watching or listening to this will know if someone comes up to you and says what do you do most of us just kind of fumble over um uh, over what it is you know i i i used to do it i yeah. uh, i'm a designer but you know i do branding or Uh, Like most people don't know what branding is or what it means. So it means nothing to them. Um, So, you know, I used to do it where I'd stumble over my words and yeah, I do branding and design. And, you know, if you, if you need like logos and infographics or whatever, Um, and that's great, but there's, that's a really pragmatic, practical thing to say, but they still don't know why they need it or why they should buy from you. Um, And, The reason that I have that statement is that's that's kind of my hook point. Um, The fact that I start with the statement that most people uh, or most small businesses can't clearly tell me what they do, never mind why they do it um, or why I should buy from them. And the reason that I use that is because it instantly makes people think, um, oh, yeah, I don't I don't think I could say that uh and I can tell you from the work that I do in branding with people uh and I define branding as as uh i guess a, a specific thing within the branding as a broad term because it's so broad you can't really define it um yeah. so I define it as as something else um and the reason that uh, I talk about it so much is because uh branding in my sense what I'm talking about is strategy messaging behaviors and identity yeah. If you can clearly define your message, uh, what you do and why people should buy from you, you immediately create confidence in clients where you, they not only know why they should buy from you, but if you do it right, other people, they can tell other people why they should buy from you as well. Yeah. And that is the one thing stopping markets and companies and businesses from growing the fact that their communication is so convoluted and there's nothing clear about it means that people are just confused they just yeah. don't know what's going on they, they don't know why they should buy from you or what problem you solve um so yeah
1: yeah go on. i was gonna say i get it a lot now obviously because I outsource a lot of what i do when mm-hmm. it comes to digital marketing and stuff and I know I get a lot where I get people come to me and go I can do I can do the branding for you and I'm like okay great what does that look like? And they're like, oh, well, I can do a logo. And I'm like, is, is that your version? Of it? And then the other time it's, yeah. That's it. And I think people forget, people think, or people think that a logo is their brand and it's everything. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of logo, I know and there's a lot of logo designers out there who are like, oh, what do you want? And it's a case of, okay, I want my name and that's it. They don't ask about colours. They don't ask about slogans. They don't ask about the picture in it, how it should be laid out or anything. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of people listening maybe as well always think branding is just a logo and that's it. And it's like, no, it's, it's this whole thing that yeah. nobody thinks about. Um, yeah. yeah. So I guess
0: um, uh, this is kind of my topic, so I'll touch on it a little bit. Um, most people look at branding as a, the visual elements of your business um, and most people actually go to focus on that first. So if we create a business or start a business, the first thing we do is, right, I need a name, a logo. I need to figure out uh, what what the company's called. I need to register it, et cetera. Um, the visual elements of your brand, despite the fact that it's the, the thing that you see uh, first with any business, it should be the last thing you do as a company. Um, there is absolutely – this is um, a funny story to tell. So when I – When I started as a graphic designer, I I loved doing logos. I I got into the industry through logos Mm. um, because I did a 30-day logo challenge on my 30th birthday. I did 30 logos, one every single day for an hour, and I would uh, speed up the process of of me doing it, record the screen, and post it every day for 30 days, and it would be like a 30-second video of how I designed it. And that was the start of my design career, really. Then when I realized that I started to gain some traction, I realized I need to increase what I was charging to make it a feasible business. So I started charging people like 150 quid for a logo. And then I literally doubled the price every 60 days or so, uh, roundabouts, Um, for as long as I could until people started saying no enough that I didn't have (laughs) enough money to live. and through doing that, I needed to start to understand how do I make this logo more valuable, which led to how do I make the, the problem I'm solving um, more of a tough point to talk about or more of something yeah. that I need to uh, dig into. Uh, and I started and what started happening is people were coming to me every single day saying, um, I've seen you do logos, how much is a logo? And my immediate response would be, what's the problem? And what that started to do was it started to Mm. allow me to reject 90% of the work and get paid more for all of it with the 10% that was left. And as soon as I realized that, I started to um, change the business to more of a branding consultancy and design agency because I could see that a logo isn't just a logo and people don't come to me for a logo, they come to me for what the logo represents and what it's going to do to their business over the long term which and the conversation usually goes like this how much is a logo okay well let's rewind a little bit what's the problem well uh, and they usually say what do you mean what's the problem well if you're going to redesign your logo the face of your company the one thing that every single person is going to see when they when they come to your your business well, what kind of problem are you going to solve for them uh Uh, actually mostly it's well i just want to make sure i look the part and make sure that and now we start to dig into the okay so there's got to be a reason you want to look the part are you worried about getting customers worried about targeting the right people uh you know there's a problem there somewhere and when you really dig deep the the quality of the questions you start to ask and get answers for determine the value of a logo really yeah. um so you know i've gone from charging 150 quid only a year and a half ago uh a little bit longer maybe 2 years ago to doubling the price every 60 to 90 days and i'm still doing it <laughs> like nice. i'm i'm still giving it a go every 60 <laughs> days so i'm like i'm just going to double it and see what happens you know so <laughs> it's and it's really allowed me to scale the business within a year Far yeah. beyond what I would have imagined when I when I decided I was going to become a graphic designer, which is clearly <laughs> what I'm not now. <laughs> so, I, it's yeah. Very different, but it's a very broad topic and a very deep subject that um yeah, we, we'd need four other podcasts to go into. I was
1: going to say we could go very deep into branding and everything, and that's that's for <laughs> sure. And it's a it's a never ending and never changing thing: branding and digital marketing and social media. And that's for sure. um So obviously, to sort of like end it, what um i always like to do this if you could give sort of one piece of advice or a tip to everybody sort of like watching now who because obviously this will be still going at this but going in the next couple of weeks people are in different situations obviously they're making decisions what one piece of tip and advice it might be something you've already said but what would you want to like really what message would you want to share with everybody
0: I want to share the uh, a quote from a lady called Vivian Green, which is kind of the motto of life, really. Um, and, uh, and I'll kind of give it some context after. But the quote goes, something like, I'm not very good at memorizing <laughs> these things, something like, um, life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. Uh, And even just saying that out loud now gives me shivers and goosebumps like everywhere, because no matter what situation you're in, if you can just find a way to, to enjoy that part of life, no matter how bad it is, you'll come out the other end so much stronger and from learning so much and from building yourself so much. The next the next thing you have to tackle is going to be so much easier So just enjoy the journey, no matter how bad it is, or good. Um, You know, one thing I've learned is that no matter how good or bad things are, you will always have problems. They're just different kinds of problems. You know, I'm pretty sure that the richest, most famous, most successful people in the world have their problems. They're just not the kind of problems that you might have. So (laughs) you've got to take the rough with the smooth, enjoy the journey, Um, uh, instead of just waiting around for things to blow over because I promise you I know this from having a child when I was told that we both would never have one Uh, there's never the best time to do anything you just have to go and do it Um, so that's my bit of
1: advice I like that a lot and I completely agree with it that there's never a right time for anything Um, there isn't and (laughs) waiting until something finishes is never the best time and planning for that time is never the best
0: It's oh, what's happening friends. right now. <laughs> yeah. That that's a good point. Actually. I've got friends that are like, so we're saving up for a house. And then when we have a house, we're going to um, probably try for a kid. And, but in order for us to do that, I'm looking for another job so I can like get paid more or get a promotion or whatever. Like what? but they're like, we're really doing it because we want to have a kid. I'm like, just have a kid like if you want a kid just have a kid what what are you doing waiting hoping you get another job or another promotion or a little bit more money before you can buy the next house before you have a kid have a kid and figure it out like it'll be fine um (laughs) there's no time like now
1: like go yeah 100% agree with that you know now and walking around and means you just end up waiting more and more because there's always a reason to wait longer always an excuse to wait longer and it's okay i'll wait for that now just get it done just get it done now (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah that's perfect well thank you for being a a great guest and obviously i hope that everybody watching and listening has got some very valuable pieces of sort of like advice and some things to really go from that'd be perfect